There we go. It was a remix version. That was the re- <laughs> ah, that was the remix of uh, uh, yeah. That was a good, it was a good little, good little beat. You have to be a hardcore Lancaster Connects follower to get that. <laughs> it was a psych. <laughs> that was a good one. Anyway, listen. Thanks for watching Lancaster Connects, the show about small business and small charity success in Lancaster County. We showcase the battle on Main Street, big versus small, David versus Goliath, and bring you the best of what makes Lancaster so great. So look, we're live. Comment. Love the show. Don't hit that like, you know, the, the little thumbs up like thing. That's no more. Do the do the love icon. All right. That gives the, the Zuckerberg algorithm a little more <laughs> oomph. Uh, so we appreciate that. And share the show. Share it out to your friends. Uh, we are we are really all about uh, sharing the love here on Lancaster Connects. And Ben, we're doing prizes now. We are? Oh, yeah. Well, it's in the script. We're doing prizes. That's why we got the prize bowl here filled with gift cards to local restaurants. And you can win, but only listeners can win. Right. You got to comment in the show. Yep. Live listeners can win. So comment during the show. Stay tuned to the end. Because only those who are tuned in at the end are going to win. Um, we're going to choose one winner from a comment we get at the end of the show. We'll tell you what that uh, means at the end. But one person listening today, watching today, will win a $25 gift card, courtesy of the Lancaster Connects podcast. We got some cool old San Juan. I love old San Juan. Smoke a cigar. Get some great mafungo. Mafungo. It's not what you say when you stub your toe. It's good food. <laughs> <laughs> we got Barbara You want to get you oh, a little great place. It's, great place. Get you a little, uh, what is that, French on, right? Yeah. Great bakery, bistro. I mean, we're kind of all over the globe here today. Yep. Anyway. Yep, yep. This is Ben. I'm Jeff. We're your formal hosts for Lancaster Connects. Ben got something fun today, or fun this weekend for the yard. He was very excited. <laughs> I did. My life was changed by a leaf blower. Um, so... We moved, my wife and I and our family. Simple we moved, man. Yeah, simple man. Jenny, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> we, we moved into a new house a couple years ago and, you know, great yard, backyard. There's a ton of trees, big, beautiful maple that's now red um, in the front of the house. But as you can imagine, um, there's a lot of leaves. And um, when we moved in, I said something about getting a leaf blower to my wife because that's something we hadn't needed to that point. Most of our houses didn't. They were treeless. So she's like, we don't need a leaf blower. What are you going to use it for a month? Just rake. We've got rakes. The kids can help. So, okay. All right. You pick your battles. So, uh, went a year, went another year. Um, thanks for watching, Amy, and listening to our leaf blower story. Um, so, a friend dropped off a leaf blower on Saturday. No, Sunday. One of these days. And there with you, man. I was so excited. That's your story. <laughs> I got it out, and I like the battery died right away, so I had to pl- I had to charge the battery. But once the battery's charged, I spent the I think the rest of the afternoon blowing leaves around the yard. It was it was fantastic. My life has changed forever, it's and funny. I'm grateful to our friend. Thank yeah. you for yeah, the leaf. Thank blower. you, friend of Ben, for changing his life. <laughs> <a leaf blower. laughs> Meanwhile, I've got three. I mean, it's not like I couldn't buy a leaf blower. I just wasn't allowed to buy a leaf blower. And I was supposed to be using manual labor, which, you know, it's exercise and, you know, you get the kids involved and, you know, work. But um, yeah, that that's different than than your yard philosophy. 
Well, my yard philosophy is right now for anything that grows, I got two teenage boys to handle it. That's right. That's right. And when they grow old and get out of the house, I can hire a landscaper. It's real that <laughs> simple. Or I really appreciate like Arizona, you know, their approach to grass, which is pebble stone. Mm-hmm. Or like down in North Carolina in their flower beds, they use pine needles. They don't do mulch. Uh, and that stuff just kills weeds. I'm a scorched earth kind of guy and plastic bushes. That's see, how I prefer it. It's you don't need a leaf much, blower. You need a blowtorch. Just way too much maintenance. I would be good at the campsite. Start fires that way. I use a leaf blower at the campsite to like, kind of like a blacksmith does with his furnace to get it, uh, get the fire hot and going. I saw a video of you doing that yeah, and I was blown cool. away. I've never seen that before. Yeah, well, your whole, I mean... You're like a caveman. With- the world is your oyster now, Ben McClure, <laughs> yes. with your leaf blower in hand. I could do anything. Park is in the background like, what in the <laughs> world are these guys doing? Who are these guys? Anyway, we'll bring Park on here in a second. But listen, this podcast, yes, this is a podcast for you listening. It is a formal podcast. It is also an online social media TV show, which you can catch live when we go live Mondays at 2 o'clock. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time now. That's right. We're back in daylight time. That's right. A funny story about that. You know, the phones. Okay, go ahead. Committed to this. (laughs) The people out there listening want to hear my story about the time change. So comment if you want to hear Ben's story. The phones change and computers automatically change, but the stove and the microwave do not change in the house, right? Unless you have, I don't know, some fancy technology that I'm not aware of. That's the Amazon linked up house. So I, I spent a good chunk of the morning thinking it was an hour later than it was because I hadn't looked at my phone and I was looking at the microwave and my wife pointed out, yeah, the clock's got set back. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Duh. See, no one cares about your story. There's no comments. I, I Although I, I can't empathize. empathize. I did have to, uh, my son's pickup truck, which is a really very cool classic 1995 classic in 2021 uh certainly not classic as compared to the other stuff that we're going to be showing you in a few minutes uh this is modern day compared to the stuff our friend park works on but uh i had to show my kid how to change that clock in the truck (laughs) (laughs) uh, was he blown away that it didn't change up by itself like no i mean he's he knows he kind of gets it he knows i mean you know he's not a he's smarter than that Uh, anyway (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's get back on script here. <laughs> Go or, for or it. Was it really that important? Uh, I was going with the the. My son asked me the other day if TVs were black and white when I was young. <laughs> uh, that that literally came out of his mouth like Thursday. Blow his mind and say not only were they black and white, you didn't have remotes, which <laughs> yeah, we actually. <laughs> Yeah, and you had like three or six stations. Yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you got plenty of stations to tune into this stuff. Um, that is Lancaster Connects and all of its greatness. Amy loved my story. There you go, Amy. <laughs> we can sympathize. Moving on. <laughs> Lancaster Connects is broadcast live on uh, YouTube, on our Gardener's channel there, Lancaster Connects channel there, and... I'm like I'm kind of a big deal, so it's on my channel too. Um, Facebook Live, it's on our Gardeners Facebook, Lancaster Connects Facebook, and both of our Facebooks as well. So we're giving you the full experience anywhere you want to watch it. I mean, there's like eight channels right there, yep. as compared to the three we had to suffer through as children. <laughs> anyway, Ben and I this weekend will be busy. We are going to be at the Universal Athletic Club Open House. That is this Saturday. 
November 13th from eight to two. Come on out. seems like it's going to be a really great event. There's about 40 other businesses participating. Universal Athletic Club helps you get in shape, get fit, get happy. We can help supplement that with sleep. We'll be there. We'll be there. In the less snore, more cuddle goodness to the show. So that is the Universal Athletic Club Open House. I think, Producer Chris, we've got a, a slide of that or a web link of that we can bring up. There, there we go. go. Boom. Actually, I'm sorry, eight to five. I was thinking it was eight to two. We might be going overtime on Saturday. Uh-oh, Ben and Jeff got to work on a Saturday the whole day. Uh, I remember seeing two, but yeah, I do I too. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Maybe the thing is a little, a little off. Yeah, I actually I, I think the vendors are getting kicked out of the gym. Uh, by could two, be, could be. But yep. the facility is open for the open house festivity, festivities eight to five. We'll trust what they're saying on their site and not these two. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm scheduled to blow leaves at three, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Without too much further ado, uh, all that tomfoolery we accomplished in in ten minutes exact, which is great because that's the that is the appropriate amount of tomfoolery. I'm pleased to announce, and we didn't even touch on it. This is Veterans Day show. It is, yes. If you yes. like your freedom, thank a vet. We really do mean that. My sister, Christy, is a former uh, Army gal. She is now a honorably discharged veteran for medical uh, reasons. We've had many veterans come through for our Veterans Day pillow events, which we've suspended in light of recent times. So we continue to do stuff like this to showcase people that are supporting our history, preserving the past for the future, which is the name of the show. But this is our Veterans Day show and somebody really cool that we had the chance to meet, Park Eam, the literal face is. of Warhorse Garage. And uh, he is here. How are you, Park? Howdy. How are you guys doing? We're good. Do we make you giggle a little bit? <laughs> A little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the classic '95 Ford truck I thought was was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, compared to the stuff you work on. Well, my last everyday driver was a 1942 International. Wow! <laughs> so, like, I was excited when I got a flashlight because I didn't have dome lights. <laughs> so it's like those kind of, of features. Like, I don't even know what a clock is inside a vehicle or a radio yeah. or heat. That's awesome. Or any of that good stuff. So, so yeah, that, I kind of got a kick out of that. Nice. But not a very cool truck. Yeah. So tell your son, good job. Yeah, yeah, we're we're very happy with it. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to have you back on here in just a minute. We got a little business to do, pay the bills for the show. Okay. And then we'll bring it back on and break down uh, all that you're doing to preserve the past, uh, honor veterans of today uh, at uh, Warhorse. All right. All right. Very good. All right. Stay tuned. So, just a reminder Ben, ben did the Vanna White on the gift bowl. I will now, oh, see, I screwed up. I will now do the same. Uh, these are all of our restaurant gift cards. So, we're going to pick a winner through the show here. We get a couple comments. So I'm going to give our producer in the background. I think we'll do his plan. Oh, the, sure. Is that okay? That's. I mean, you've gone off script like three times. <laughs> so keep commenting because we're going to do the little random gift card ariser selector devicer thing that uh, the 1942 International could only hope to have that much technology in it. <laughs> So we'll do that. So uh, keep commenting, keep liking the show, keep sharing it, and we'll, we'll work through that. In the meantime, how we pay the bills here, we will send you a free book, our Sleep Better book, chock full of great tips to help you sleep better. Send that to you in the mail. You go to gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sleep dash better, and we'll mail you out a copy. Just enter your information in there, and we'll get it right out. <clears throat> 
So from page 35, Britain up your day. This is perfect, perfectly timed. Imagine that. Uh, setting back our clocks this weekend. Your body's clock, a.k.a. circadian rhythm, will function better if you get plenty of light during your waking hours. Get some sunlight every day at certain hours when you're not likely to get sunburned. And also be sure to have really good lighting when you're indoors. Let there be light, so saith Jeff. <laughs> that may seem odd to mention, but some people actually prefer dwelling in darker or very dim environments throughout the day, which can seriously disrupt your body's time clock. If your body sees light, it works to keep you awake. And when it sees darkness, it's more prone to get you moving in the direction of sleep. So there you go. Uh, I actually have a little UV light device that sits on my desk. It's about mm -hmm. the size of your phone and it props itself up. You hit it up and it's like light all in the face. Your face. Lindsay got one of those a yeah. uh, couple years ago. Keeps you uh, keeps you awake. Yeah, for the winter for the winter blahs. That's right. Yep. 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 Sunshine. Sunshine. What do, you, what do you have for us? I got a stack of books. This is a culmination of what? Eleven years. Eleven years, man. Eleven years uh, of of Jeff and I helping Lancaster wake up happy and pain free together. Of course, thirty one years at Gardner's total with our team. With our team. Yep. Uh, so these books are testimonial books. Uh, we've shared before uh, happy customer binders uh, filled with handwritten testimonials. We've got three such binders throughout the showroom. And we thought, how cool would it be for them to be in a book where we can give the books away? So if you if you need that extra peace of mind to really put us to the test, like Jeff and Ben didn't just write all that stuff out, now you can take home the whole... Happy buying experience. We solved back pain. We helped you replace that old worn out mattress. You get all that great customer goodness to take home and know we're your choice to buy a mattress locally here in Lancaster. Yeah, the cool thing we did here, we've got more volumes coming, um, but like this back pain one, for example, this is these are all testimonials, handwritten testimonials specific about how we've helped our consumers back pain. Uh, how we've helped them replace their old worn-out mattress and, of course, provided a happy buying experience. So they are um, tailored to uh, what you might find important in a mattress. So uh, they are free. We have copious amounts. A lot of them to give out. There you go. And again, we'll mail you that free book of uh, free copy of Sleep Better. You can see those reviews online. You go to gardenersmattressmore.com reviews. Of course, you know, when you look us up on Google, you can see it. When you look us up on Facebook, you can see reviews. But we really appreciate the time our customers take to fill that out, send it back to us. So that's what that's all about. All right. Without too much further ado, let's bring on Park because this is some pretty neat stuff. So we got to know the Eames brothers. Um, we bought a trailer from them for our storage needs, which is getting delivered in a week or so. I arranged that with the office this morning and uh, got to meet these guys as they were working on some pretty cool stuff. So uh, they're Lancaster County based. That's what I'll say. Park, you can you can embellish on that if you choose or not. But uh, we'll just say that's good enough. We'll just say Lancaster County based because you're going to see in a second why. Uh, they work on some very, very cool stuff that uh, is some of theirs. It's, it's some collectors. Uh, some of it they're entrusted to. So it's important that we just say it happens here in Lancaster County somewhere. Yep. yep. So, uh, so yeah, um, Park. So, you know, you guys work on preserving mostly World War II machinery 
tanks and trucks yeah. and, you know, uh, duck boat even, you know, all this neat stuff. Um, mm-hmm. How in the world did you and your brothers and your family get into this business? Completely by accident, to be honest. All right. So uh, it actually began, We, if we really want to get to the beginning of it, uh, go back to 1998, 99. Um, I wanted to enlist in the Navy uh, construction battalion. Unfortunately, due to health issues, I couldn't get in. Uh, so since I couldn't get into the real military, I actually started doing a living history group uh, to honor my grandfather's unit, which was Navy Seabees uh, World War II. Uh, he was in construction battalion four. Uh, and then that kind of developed into our own personal collection, me doing restoration work on, on our pieces. Um, some other friends then noticed what I was doing, asked if I wanted to do work for them, you know, on the side. And it just kind of developed from that. So we had the opportunity with a large shop here with uh, the other business, uh, basically to, to get into bigger and, and heavier things and do it full time. So that's kind of where that came from. Yeah, very cool. And is your is your grandfather still with us? Oh no, he uh, he passed away in ninety eight. Okay. So he actually passed away right when I was trying to. So everything was still very fresh in my mind. Yeah. I just lost my grandfather. I couldn't get into the military, uh, and and that's kind of where the whole living history World War Two reenactment side of things came into play. Uh, and time just kind of worked its course and took us to where we are now. So when I thought of the title for this show, without even knowing that story, preserving the past for the future, that actually has some meaning to it. That's cool. Um, Oh yeah. 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 And actually our, my family's personal collection is tied very closely to what my grandfather did. It's all uh, Navy construction battalion equipment, mostly construction equipment. Um, we have a few trucks, a couple other things like that, but it's all tied in with his unit. My son, uh, through bowling, uh, actually got to know a gentleman. Uh, he has since passed, but he was a, a World War II veteran with the CBs as well. So he, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he got to know him. I forget which theater he served in. Um, but I remember him, I can picture him right in my mind, uh, proud guy wearing that CB's hat all the time. You never saw him without it on. So, uh, very cool. Very neat. Very neat. So Park, um, Veterans Day is coming up. What does Veterans Day mean to you and, and your family? Of course, you shared your, your grandfather's story. Well, I mean, it kind of means everything, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, without our veterans, without you know, them, there, there isn't anything else. There isn't me having the ability to have this business. There isn't, you know, any of this, this history I'm trying to preserve and there's no reason to, but with the veterans, that's why we do it. That's the the number one reason. Um, and you know, everything we have, we need to be thankful to our vets for, uh, not just them, but their spouses, their families. I mean, this isn't a, you know, whenever you thank a vet, I think a lot of times you need to pay attention to the person they're with too, because they had to put in as much sacrifice as the, the person serving too. So, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's a huge deal. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, very good point. So why don't we um, uh, talk about the types of people who bring... So you have your own family's collection, but um, why don't you tell us about the types of people who bring items to you? And then we'll start showing the stuff you actually work on because I don't think we've done that yet. I think we got, we got people like with bated breath now waiting, so... Tell us about the types of people who bring right, stuff get to into you, the fun and then we'll stuff. get into the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so the types of people we have, I, I have some private collectors. Uh, you know, just basically normal, normal, uh, you know, guys that 
they, they want to have a, a World War II vehicle for the same reasons I do, basically, is it to honor someone in their family or to, to take to reenactments uh, or just to show and enjoy. So I have a few private collectors that have one or two pieces in their collection and they have me do work on them. Um, and I also have, and it's at least, you know, or we, I should say we have uh, at least 80 to 90% of my business is a huge private collection that is in the process of becoming a private museum. Um, and that's primarily, you know, we're focusing mostly on that collection because it's such a huge collection um, and brings in a lot of really, really challenging and interesting pieces. How do they find you? I don't even know exactly. <laughs> now, I, I pro- it actually happened um, by chance, to be completely honest. Uh, being in the hobby helped with that a lot. So when you're in the hobby, it's not a very big community. Um, so you get to know everybody. And I, we've been in the hobby now for 20 years. So people do get to know you. Even if they don't know you, they at least recognize you from seeing you at certain shows or events for the past 20 years. Uh, and that's kind of how that developed. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine the... Uh, like I know the Reading Airport has the World War II mm-hmm. in June. Um, is that right? In June? Early June each year? Yep. Yeah. For first Friday... In, it begins the first weekend in June. Yeah. First Friday in June. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine events like that, kind of the same people go. There's probably some forums, mm-hmm. maybe some websites that are you guys all yeah. kind of populate and hang out in or on. So that's cool. Right. Yeah, that's very cool. I was, I was going to say now the, the, the big collection I've been working on and, and you'll see some of the pictures and um, that's actually, so the collector it's, it's basically everything in his collection is to represent what the Polish military used during world war two. Um, so it's kind of unique in the sense that if you think about the Polish military during world war two, you know, they basically were out of the game early uh, because of blitzkrieg and everything. So they were forced into other countries and using other countries equipment. So by him having, this Polish collection, he has pieces from Russia, from France, from Great Britain, from the U.S. So it's really a, a super unique collection because they were using anything they could get. Uh, and so that kind of broadened the range and actually made it so now it, with his collection, I'm actually working on pieces from you know six different countries. Oh. So uh, are there manuals you can download to work on these vehicles? <laughs> <laughs> for the U.S. stuff, yes. Yeah. Uh, wow. So the, the U.S. was great with that uh, because, and, you know, especially if you think about the National Archives, so much of this stuff was saved. Um, and the U.S. manuals are the best thing on earth because when you think about World War II, um, you know, these guys were eighteen-year-old kids with an eighth-grade education. So these books are written for eighteen-year-old kids with with an eighth-grade education. So they're extremely descriptive. You know, they're they're excellent. Um, now when we get into the foreign stuff, that's a little bit different. So we, we've been working on a Polish gun uh, and the whole manual is in Polish. I cannot <laughs> speak or read Polish, so I'm glad it has pictures. Wow. I can read pictures just fine. So if anybody in Lancaster knows Polish. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, fortunately, the owner of the collection does, so okay. I haven't been able to ask him for help. There you so. go. All right. Well, good. So, you, so, so that's good. All right. Well, why don't we start showing some of the pictures of the stuff you're working on and let's just, you know, picture by picture kind of walk us through. So what are, what are we looking at here? That is a Chevrolet of Canada stag hound. Uh, it's an armored car with a 37 millimeter uh, cannon on the turret up there. Uh, so these were built by Canada. Originally, they were designed for the U.S. The U.S. rejected them. And I can tell you every reason why they, the U.S. rejected them. 
Um, that one came into our shop. It basically it needed the mechanicals going over. It wasn't able to run properly. One of the transmissions was bad. So that was here for about six months. I rebuilt transmissions, went through the engines, uh, took care of a fire suppression system on it. But very rare. I think it's one of maybe three or four in the continental U.S. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. What's the, what was the one like biggest reason it was rejected? Uh, safety more than anything and accessibility. So it's an extremely difficult tank to work on. Uh, and so the only way that the operator can get in and out is between the two wheels on the side. Um, so if there was a fire, he was, and the turret had to be positioned just right. Otherwise he couldn't get out of the, the vehicle. Yep. There's the door. You can kind of see it hanging open there. Um, so really, it was just an extremely dangerous piece and not thought out well at all. Um, and unfortunately, right before it came to me, it, it did have a small fire with the collector, which was one of the big reasons why a fire suppression system needed to be sorted out. So thankfully, that's taken care of. So now nobody will, you know, everybody should be able to get out safely or at least get the fire out. And now that's actually a huge part of what we do with his collection because his entire collection, he expects to function. He actually has a working museum or is working on a working museum. So this stuff needs to drive, operate, do what it's supposed to. So first and foremost, safety comes to mind. We have to make sure all the systems are working as they should and that you know nobody's going to get hurt taking these out and demonstrating for people. Right, right. Speaking of demonstrations, um, you ever demoed this thing we were looking at on screen? Not yet. That's actually still here. Um, now it's almost finished. It is painted green and everything. But that is a uh, it's a Schneider 1929 105 millimeter field gun. Uh, interesting thing about this one. So it was built by the French um, and used by the Polish. Now this exact gun was actually used by the Finnish. Uh, so it would have been captured at some point. So we basically got rid of all the finish modifications. Those wood wheels we had made here in Lancaster County, uh, those were actually handmade by a, 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 a shop over in New Holland. Um, and we convert it back to the Polish configuration. The neat part was, so this is a collection of about 100 pieces. And when he bought this, he never knew it was actually in the Polish military. We were going to do it that way, but... We didn't confirm that it actually was. After sandblasting, we actually found the finished ground off the original Polish stamp on the barrel. So we found out this is actually truly a Polish piece. Oh, neat. Uh, which we, he was super excited about. Yeah, we had a comment come in. I'm not, I'm not, I, it's off the screen, but the comment was, that's awesome. And I would concur and second that. Uh, is that Rizmic? Rizmic? Yes, it is awesome. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun shooting a 50 caliber rifle. Um, that was a lot of bang for the moment, but this is, this is like a lot bigger than that. <laughs> that uh, would be a lot bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about so this, this piece? Is one, this is kind of an interesting one too. This was made by Dodge of Canada for the, mostly used by the British. So in turn, the, the Polish would have also had access to it. it it's, you know, pretty much a standard Dodge truck. Uh, except it's right-hand drive, which was kind of a, uh, kind of an odd thing to get used to because I kept going to the wrong side to get into thing and all that. But, but yeah, that was one that came in. Uh, got a a basic cosmetic restoration. We did do some mechanical work on that one. Um, that was one of the very earlier pieces that we 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 had done because uh, we only been doing this for 
just about two years now as far as full time. This one, I actually, unfortunately, I didn't send the finished picture of this. So this is a, another uh, artillery piece that came in. It was a Russian piece. Excuse me a second. <laughs> I'm fighting a head cold, so forgive me. Um, that piece came in and had a bunch of finished modifications to it. Uh, the end result on that, when we finally were done, basically, I had the entire gun totally cut apart because they had actually made a new carriage for it. So I had to fabricate a new carriage, new shield, uh, change the entire configuration of the gun. Um, but yeah, that was one of our more in-depth ones that we did for him. That's a 76.2 millimeter. Okay. So you can look at, you know, obviously the piece in front of you and look at the image of, or the pictures of what it's supposed to be. And you can tell what's a modification and what's not. And then you, from there, you know what yeah, to do. Pe period photographs. Uh, it's a lot of archeology span work. So yeah, I can imagine yeah, we, we find period photographs and start picking them apart with a fine tooth comb. Uh, that particular piece was, was really interesting because I mean, we must have found at least 20 modifications done by the finish. Um, and it was like one after another. And once we moved something, it's like, well, this doesn't work. And then we look a little closer and find another modification. So like they were, there was definitely a cause and effect in the way they did the modifications. And the, the owner of the piece wasn't aware of most of them. Um, but it was kind of like pulling that thread. And, and every time you give it a little tug, more and more unraveled. So, so yeah, that was a, that was a fun piece. And you said this piece is finished. Have yet? Did you have the opportunity? Or I guess I should ask, do you, when these artillery pieces are finished, do you uh, have the opportunity or take the time to fire them? So these are actually all decommissioned, so they cannot, they're unable to fire. Okay. Um, basically, when you get into, into that side of things, there's a lot more liability involved and it's a lot more, uh, a lot more headache for the owner. Uh, so there's a chance at some point we may have these set up for simulated fire. Um, so they would make the noise look as if they're doing the part, but not actually be able to fire a projectile. So that's, that's the next step we're going to work on with some of these, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> naturally with what's on, what's on the screen now. Yeah. The, the, the fire, yeah, the firing range needs to be considered too. So right. Um, so that is probably my favorite piece by far. Uh, so that's a Buick built M18 Hellcat uh, tank destroyer. It was built by Buick near closer to the end of the war, and it was the fastest armored vehicle until the M1 Abrams. Uh, top speed of about 55 mile an hour, oh, which God. I had that one up to 45 mile an hour, and it's a blast. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that one's a hot rod. That's very cool. 45 miles an hour in a tank. That's it, very, it, very neat. It does feel a lot more than 45 mile an hour. It feels like uh, you know, you're about ready to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. But, <laughs> but yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that one will always be my favorite piece. Now, is that in your family's collection or is that uh, someone else's? Oh, no. That, that, that belongs to the same collector. Okay. Um, we actually had it in here. We uh, a very close friend of mine, Chad Phillips, who's a uh, aviation mechanic, former Army aviation mechanic. Uh, he helped us with that one because uh, it actually uses a uh, basically it's a it's an aircraft radial engine. Oh, okay. Uh, so having someone with aviation experience in here to help was was very very good. Well, um, 
And thank you to your friend Chad for serving as a uh, Army veteran. Yep, yep, and, and yeah, we're we're very glad to have him help us too. So that piece is that was actually last week. I just finished painting that. Um, this one's near and dear to me too because that is a uh, basically is a Navy construction battalion piece. It's a Caterpillar D7 bulldozer. Um, which that one actually I can I can honestly say since it's been painted, I've already gotten it all dirty and scratched up in the dirt. So that's a fun one to play with. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. And for those and, and that's the biggest that's the biggest thing with all this stuff in the collection, especially the the, the collection I work on, the Polish collection. He wants these things used. He wants them dirtied up. He wants them scratched. He he wants to make sure these things are getting put through the paces. So so that's a that, that actually for me is more rewarding than seeing it in a museum. I'd much rather see this machine get pushed and worked and do what it's supposed to do than, than sit right. static. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's very neat. Yeah, I mean it'd be one thing to fix them up just to look at and kind of have them sit pretty on a pedestal, but there's another there's another um, dynamic to seeing them work again and get a little little dirt right. under the fingernails, right. so to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, do we have any others to show? So that was just another early piece we did brought, and that was more for a mechanical. Now, when I send some of these pictures over, I don't have great, you know, I have a whole lot of stories for many of them, but that one's a, a white scout car. So it's an early war, um, reconnaissance vehicle, um, that we, we, you know, done a, a cosmetic cosmetic job on a few mechanical jobs on it. So what's been the, you know, the, what's been your biggest success in restoring these these pieces of equipment, and what's been your biggest failure? What's um, been the one that frustrates you the most? Well, the biggest failure I think has led to the biggest success because he ended up figuring it out at some point. All right. Uh, so, and that's that's kind of how this whole business works because we're working on so much stuff that nobody's touched in eighty years. There's no manual for. So we kind of approach everything knowing that we're going to fail a few times. We're going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, but we're going to learn from all those. And that's, so, so I don't know if there's been a failure yet because we figured something out from it afterwards. Um, you know, we, we definitely learned how to... We've gotten this far and nothing has totally gotten out of hand yet. So we just keep <laughs> teaching ourselves new methods and new ways yeah. to do things. Yeah. You know, if ask, people ask me how I know how to work on a tank. It's like simple. I go and I work on a tank. Yeah, yeah you I just start working. Exactly. But I learn as I go. So that's the boss man himself. That's the owner of the big Polish collection. Um, and that is a M4A1 uh, Sherman that I had in here about, it was about a month ago, I think, when that left. Yeah. Uh, that was in for tune-up work and a few other, you know, small mechanical things. So we do a lot of repair work. Since the collection is so large, uh, a lot of times he'll bring pieces here just for maintenance repair, uh, which is what that one was in for and a few other little little things taken care of. Yeah, I that believe... Piece. I believe when I met you for the first time in person in your shop, I think you were sitting out the front of this thing working on it. Very possible. Yeah, I think that was here. You got a pipe. And I'm like, this cat is an interesting dude right here. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, that was that, Thank you. You're right. That was here when you were here. Yeah. So, yeah. And I have another, we have another one coming in, slightly bigger Sherman coming in later this month. Now, when you say coming in, you don't have to share the exact location, but how far away are these coming to you from? Uh, they're coming from the Gettysburg area oh, okay. to, to us. So, yep. um, I mean, we do have some customers with smaller collections that are bringing things in from, I actually have a Jeep here now from Alabama. Oh, wow. Um, 
but and another customer from Kentucky. But most of the stuff is is local. Excuse me a second. <laughs> Sorry, forgive me. Um, so this shot is actually at a small open house that we have here, a little private gathering. Um, so every every year we have a small weekend where a bunch of us like minded people get together and play with the. Uh, play with our world war two vehicles and have a cookout and a good time. So this is just an early morning shot of, of some of the stuff that that was here that weekend. Very cool. Uh, so you guys just got, uh, Oh, this piece is neat. I saw this piece too. That, this is French, that right? Really cool. No, you saw the French one. This is actually the Polish. I do have a, a small French, uh, tankette here. Now this is actually a Polish TKS, uh, tankette. So a crew of two would sit in that. Um, now this one's actually a reproduction. It was built by a shop teacher in Poland. Uh, I guess in summer breaks, he builds these things. Um, but it's a 100% exact copy. Uh, it, it, it's been coming in here a little bit for, uh, basically they, they haven't had quite all of the bugs worked out. So I do some, some retrofitting, some modifying to try and get them to work the way, the way my customer wants it to work. Because he loves that. That's probably his baby. I think he takes that to almost every show he goes to because it's it's small, easy to transport, and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So you guys have um, your duck boat. And Chris, I'm not sure if you can pull up the, the duck boat. I don't think us. I sent a picture of that. No? I thought I saw a picture coming no. through. Okay, maybe not. I don't think so I did. You're keeping that one just for you for the moment. So tell and us That what, one is going to be just... Go ahead. Yeah, so tell us why you no, need... Why? Need a duck boat. Why I need a duck boat? Because I don't have one. <laughs> well, so the real reason, our family does have a, a place down at the bay. And is so that, that makes it a little more useful to us because we can actually take it down there and float and swim this thing. Um, but it's kind of one of those things, I think ever since I was a kid, I wanted one of these. And I, and I was told, actually, here's the real reason. I remember being a teenager. And an uncle of mine, I remember saying how much I want a duck boat. And he basically told me at like 12 or 13, you'll never own one and that won't happen. So uh, I had to, that's why we absolutely had to have one. So, yeah. but uh, now our plan is to, to actually use it, you know, swim it and, and do what we're supposed to do with it that way. Um, and also use it for parades. We're hopefully in the future going to take most of our personal collection, use it in the town of Lidditz with a lot of their like Fourth of July Memorial Day parades. That's really um, cool. Yeah, offered up to veterans groups uh, like VFW, that kind of thing. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys even get down to I think your brother. When I talked to him about our business we do together, uh, he was in Chicago getting parts for that. Yeah, so, so you guys yeah. go that far to get like the original stuff. Like you'll search it out, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And actually, we have a lot of parts for the for the European pieces. Uh, we still have a bunch of stuff brought over from from Europe for those. Okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty common. In fact, so the, the European market for World War II restoration is much much greater than it is here. Um, so they have a lot of supporting businesses over there. Uh, which we don't have quite as many here. There's some, but not to the same level. But if you think about that, it makes sense because oh, when yeah. the war was over, where were most of the vehicles left? Yeah, they were, they were left over there. So yeah. that's why the, the hobby is so much bigger there than it is here. Um, so yeah, we, we actually 
the, the, the number one, the big customer, he has containers sent over, you know, full 40 foot shipping containers sent over here about twice a year, full, full fill of parts. Wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been very cool. I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, tremendous amount of skill and passion. And I think what you're doing is important. Um, you know, unfortunately we're reaching a time in our history and in our modern day society where the folks who were there aren't going to be with us much longer. And it's important that the work you're doing, yeah, because it's one thing to read about World War II in the history books. Uh, it's another thing to see artifacts like this in person. So it's great that you're restoring them, getting them working to bring out the community events so people can really put their eyes on and see that mm -hmm. the, the gravity of it. Because when you're looking at some of this stuff and you really start to think about how it was made, the production that went into it, how it got from the States overseas, that's, um, right. that's pretty wild to think about all the, oh, yeah. so yeah. World war two is, is amazing too. Just the amount of, the amount of equipment that this country built, uh, you know, the whole production side of things, every business in this country for, you know, more or less was building something for the war. You had sewing machine companies making rifles, um, you know, even, you know, here in Lancaster, Hamilton watch was making instruments for, uh, for aircraft. So yeah, it, it was, I think the last time that we ever saw this country pulled together like that for one cause, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing when you look back at it and see, see all that. Yeah. Well, thank Very you cool. for your part in preserving it. Uh, tremendous to have you on the show. Uh, thank you to your grandfather for his service, your friend, Chad, for his service. Uh, we appreciate them both. And, uh, Really cool that you could be here with us today. Uh, you well, can, thank you for having me. Yeah, you can see, uh, check out Warhorse on Instagram there. Ian Brothers Warhorse Garage. I think we've had their other Facebook page up as we've gone along. Um, all, the, all of their links are here in the show that you're watching it on. So you can just click right on over and check out all the fun stuff they do. Um, Park, we got a couple questions for you. A couple little fun questions as we wrap up. Uh, we call this the Connection Cocktail, okay? Okay. Um, so Ben, you want to go first? Yeah, um, yeah. How long have you lived in Lancaster? You talked about your grandfather. Uh, and well, I was born in Lancaster General, so, <laughs> so there you go. Forty years. There you go. Nice. <laughs> it's an easy one. Um, yep. All right. And I think our family has been in Lancaster County since the 1750s. Oh, well, so, so we've been here a while. Cool. Yeah. So it kind of yeah. got built around y'all. Exactly. Um, or close. All right, so I think I know the answer based on that on that statement, but let's see. Turkey Hill, Sheets, or Wawa? You will be wrong. I guarantee you will not guess this one. Okay. <laughs> take, <laughs> take a guess. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a curveball and go Rudders. Oh. <laughs> Wawa. Wawa, yeah. yeah. I'm a Wawa guy. There you go. Shorties. So, so while I grew up here, we also spent a lot of time in Jersey as kids, so that's oh, okay. why Wawa is the one that that strikes with me. So, yep. 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 And is there an annual event in Lancaster that you go to? Anything that you look forward um, to? Honestly, I, I think it's still Lancaster County. Is Kinzer still Lancaster County? I think so. It is. Uh, the, the rough and tumble threshermen's just because I'm into the, you know, the big heavy equipment. So I, I that's one annual event that I definitely enjoy checking out. Um, but there, there's quite a few around here, but that's probably my number one. All awesome. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for participating. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> sure. 
Sorry to catch you out of the blue there, but uh, hey, no, again, it's all right. It's a pleasure, Park, having you on. Um, Thanks for having me, boy, man. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a wonderful Veterans Day. Thank you. You too. Yep. All right, so we've got a double dose of Lancaster Connects for you here. Um, we're we're pulling off. Uh, I'm going to say it's podcasting history here in Lancaster. <laughs> I think I think producer Chris, we're going to do it. I think I, I should check my phone to make sure nothing's blowing up in the meantime. Oh yeah, we're good. We're going to do it. We did it. We had a second guest on the show. Another, another person who's, uh, this is a, a, a veteran and who's, who thinks veteran day is important. I'm going to shut up because I'm butchering this. <laughs> <laughs> Your transitions though, Jeff, to this point have been fantastic. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, Welcome. So we've got Dominic Slice Tyke. I think I'm saying your name, last name correct. Is that right, Don? Tyke is the last name. You got it right. All right. Is there a cooler nickname than Slice? I know, right? I mean, <laughs> our podcast producer is just, I mean, he wants to put our nicknames up there, but I, you know, <laughs> it's not Slice. Well, so Slice, uh, the, the background of that is I've had quite a few uh, nicknames, unfortunately. Good, good fighter pilots actually only usually get one and it kind of sticks with them. Uh, I'm very slightly average. So I've had several uh, and Slice uh, luckily has been the one that uh, I've deployed with and uh, got to keep. So, well, we, we won't need to get, we don't need to get into your other nicknames. Slice is yeah. amazing. <laughs> or, even, or even ours for that fact. You have to be a Lancaster <laughs> Connects watcher, uh, super fan to know that. Yeah, super so we're going to see if you can comment out there listeners on oh, our nicknames, man. but, uh, but Dom, thank you. Uh, it's okay if I call you Dom, is that right? Or yeah, you prefer that's Dom? fine. Dom? Okay. Yeah. Whatever, um, whatever works. So we got a little bit of old, you just kind of caught the tail end of the show there with park at war horse garage. Yeah. Those guys doing the old stuff with the war war two. We've got Dom as a, as a you know, real life fighter pilot with the air force. So, uh, tell us why you chose to join the air force. Yeah. So I think, you know, the, I started, I've, I've always loved airplanes and flying. Um, you know, I was seven, I built a, a little, uh, F4, uh, fighter jet on the kitchen table, uh, on my seventh birthday with my, with my old man. And, uh, you know, from that day on, I just kind of always wanted to, to fly fighter jets. I played a lot of baseball growing up and I thought I was either going to be a, a major league baseball player or a fighter pilot. And, um, things kind of went the fighter pilot way. So I've always loved flying. That's kind of the the genesis of it all. But then when my family moved to um, Tucson, Arizona, um, four or five days later, the uh, World Trade Centers uh, were attacked. And that kind of sparked a, a different interest in me uh, to, you know, to go to school and actually get serious about what I was doing. And, uh, you know, Long story short, after graduating from pilot, uh, civilian pilot training, um, I picked up a flight instructor job and applied uh, to get into several of the services, um, but really pursued the Air Force as well as the airlines. And the I got hired by both airlines and the Air Force at the same time. So uh, if I was money-minded, I think I would have gone with the airlines because um, I'd be making quite a bit more money now. Um, but I think a lot of people, you know, they just nowadays specifically, especially in my generation, a lot of people are just looking for, uh, some purpose to their life. You know, they want something to, to fight for and something that means something to them. 
Um, I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of people leave the workforce women. That was one of the big things in the last several months, women have been leaving the workforce and they just, you know, money doesn't really drive, you know, I, I, I talked to my father, you know, recently and you could have paid him more money, uh, when I was growing up and he would have stayed at work longer, right. That was kind of the eighties and nineties dot com boom era. He did very well. Um, and for me, money is important, right? You can't eat it. You can't eat without it type of thing. But, um, I wanted to do something, um, meaningful, you know, and, and give back in a way that was also really, really fun. And it's a lot of fun lighting myself on fire with uh, jet fuel, thanks to the taxpayers and, uh, getting to, you know, pursue my passion, uh, every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your service, uh, you know, some of your deployments and, and <laughs> combat missions and whatnot. Yeah. So, you know, the, it's been kind of a long, um, a long go at it. You know, we've been, well, we've been in the middle East since the early nineties, right. With the Gulf war, I think. Right. So my uncle served in the Gulf war and the army, uh, he probably drove a lot of those, uh, well, probably not those machines that we were seeing on your, the, with the previous podcast, uh, that you had going, but you know, he, he drove tanks and Humvees and stuff like that. Um, and we've just been, we've been a contingency force, you know, up until the last couple of months, right. When we pulled out of Afghanistan. And so my first deployment was to Afghanistan when we were pulling everything out of Iraq. So it was kind of ironic that, you know, my uncle was in Iraq and we were taking all the equipment over to Afghanistan. And then my second deployment was over back in the Iraq, Syria area of the world. And we were pulling everything back out of Afghanistan back into Iraq while I was there. So uh, we kind of, you know, have been stuck over there in in this contingency uh, mindset with with deployments and missions. And it wasn't until I moved back to the States where I actually had been home longer than I had been gone. So, you know, two, two deployments, which... For the Air Force, that's probably, I don't know, maybe there's there's guys that have deployed more than me. But if you talk to an Army guy or a Marine veteran or any of the Navy guys, I mean, they're gone. They're, it, their ops tempo is, is much higher than ours. So, you know, I've had about 17 temporary duty assignments. Um, I've been all over the world. It's been a pretty incredible um, adventure from, you know, Japan, Korea, through Singapore, the Middle East, and Europe, all the way back to the States. Um, so it's been it's been a pretty cool uh, uh, thing to be a part of. However, it is um, pretty taxing on the families, and that's kind of one of the biggest things I think. You know, being a veteran, Veterans Day is coming up. You know, the we you know veterans don't give up their their rights, but they do give up a lot of their their time with their family. And, you know, their, their personal safety, right. And I think that's a misnomer as a lot of people think, well, when you join the military, you give up your personal rights and that's, it's not true. We're still, we're still human beings, just like you guys, we're still American citizens, but we do give up a lot of our, our freedom and time with, with people we love. And, uh, I can't even count the amount of birthdays and anniversaries and, you know, celebrations and weddings and funerals and all that stuff that I missed just because I was gone. You know, I've missed the birth of my uh, son, I was deployed for that, you know, just, just those types of events, you know, the big, big hitters, heavy hitters that you, you end up missing out on. So, so what was it, uh, what was it like to hold your son for the first time when you got to see him? Yeah. So he was three months old and he didn't have, he didn't have a neck. So we called him a a little bulldog. He just snorted, um, (laughs) 
which is so funny. He's got a neck now. Uh, he always, it turns out, yeah, it turns out he always had a neck, but, um, we actually just had, we had girl, boy, girl, boy. So we just had our fourth kid in September and he, he's a boy. And what's funny is when I hold him, he's only two months, he's only two months old. And I'm trying to remember back to what I remember about my boy, Max. And I don't remember it cause I wasn't there. So I have to constantly kind of remind myself that I didn't really know what he was like when he was little a little kid. So being a veteran, uh, what's veterans day mean for you? Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of, uh, hinted at it a little bit earlier, you know, it's, it's an important time to acknowledge those, uh, you know, that, that have gone before us, but more importantly, the, the people that are, you know, alive today, the veterans that are deployed right now that are missing their families and their, those important events. Um, it's really cool too, having gone all around the world and seeing how other countries treat their military. And the U.S. definitely has a special bond with their their veterans that other countries do not. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, in in Japan, in Korea, you know, the the military is part of their their government. It's important, but the U.S. definitely has a special bond with their veterans. I mean, even here in Arizona, sometimes I actually get out of my uniform if I'm going to swing through the grocery store on the way home, because I'll just get attacked by uh, people that want to come up and say, thank you. And they want to talk and all that stuff. And I'm like, I just need to grab a half a gallon of milk and, you know, they just want to come up and talk. So there, there's a time and place for that. Um, but I didn't really ever see that in any of the other countries that I was in, you know, and, and in times there were, depending on what country we were in, you know, you didn't wear a uniform off base and it wasn't something that, uh, you know, you just, you kind of kept close hold, yeah. um, depending on where you were. So speaking of some of the places you visited, what, is there a place that stands out, uh, as most unique or, uh, interesting or different? Oh man. So one of the coolest trips I got to do, um, and it was, I mean, we've had so many cool, cool ones, but one of my favorite ones, cause I'm a Catholic Christian. I got to go, uh, down to the Jordan river and dip some, uh, rosaries in the, uh, the river where Jesus got baptized. So I thought that was a really cool, uh, opportunity to just, you know, be there and look around and, and know that, you know, 2000 years has gone by. It's, it's an area now of the world where you can actually go visit. Whereas, you know, years ago, I, I can't give you a specific year, but you, you weren't even allowed to go down in that area. And now there's, there's churches built on the, uh, the Jordan river right there. Um, I know that was really special uh, to me to stand on, uh, Mount Nebo where, uh, Moses got to look over the, the promised land, but not actually go into the promised land, you know, to see Bethlehem up in the Hills. And so from like a Christian standpoint, that was a really, really cool trip. Um, to see all that, to see all that still intact and to see that, you know, just they're, they're, they're allowing people to go down there and, and visit and tour that area of the world. That's really cool. That's very, yeah. very neat. That's very neat. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's interesting how you talk about <laughs> other nations, uh, the relationship of you know, military and veterans. You know, we give here to veteran charities. Uh, we see a need. Uh, many people see a need. Why, why do you think that need exists and how, and most importantly, how can folks listening um, help support veterans in those in those charities, those efforts that happen post service? So, two point yeah. question: Why do you feel the need exists, 
and how can people help fill it? Yeah, so I mean, this is this is obviously every veteran, depending on what they've been through, uh, their past, they're going to have different ways they process their trauma and all that. So I can't speak to each person's individual uh, experiences. Um, you know, they've been through a lot, and I think the thing, at least from my vantage point personally, that really helped out a lot. Uh, when I got back to the States after several deployments and being gone uh, for so long is that I went through a pretty, uh, pretty rough patch. Um, and a lot of the help that, that really helped me get back on my feet were civilian organizations, just like you guys. Um, many times, at least from my personal experience, I didn't really want to approach the flight doctor or any of the, the the medical field professionals, especially within the government bureaucracy, and that was my own personal um, feel to it. Um, but the the civilian uh, organizations that you know just pop up and they they have people donate to them, and they have, I mean, all sorts of stuff. There's one that just I learned about that's south of uh, Tucson, Arizona, and they just have they pay for veterans to come out and stay on this huge ranch. They stay in these cabins, they go out and support each other. And it's, you know, it's all civilian run. Um, and it has a huge following because when I get back from a deployment, the last thing I want to do is be put on the schedule to go talk to a doctor and to, to do that because it's a checklist. I'm just, a, I become a, a number in a system and they need to check things off. Whereas when I go to a civilian organization, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different of a viewpoint where they are, <laughs> and it's not that the military doctors aren't, they process, so, you know, they're, they're understaffed, they're really busy and they have to process these certain things, right. To keep things legal. However, the civilians, uh, those organizations, a lot of them are run by previous veterans. Um, so they can kind of speak the military lingo and then a lot of them aren't. And, and that was just really refreshing to, you know, see a lot of the individuals that are just within the community that run businesses, um, that, you know, help these guys get back on their feet. Um, cause I mean, I, the, the amount of guys that I know that have gone through traumatic experiences and, you know, God forbid commit suicide, luckily are fairly low, but, um, within the other career fields, the, those numbers are a lot higher, uh, especially, guys that were, you know, on the ground doing that stuff over and over, over every six months, you know, deployed seven, eight, 10, 12 times. So I think to answer your question, the big one is what you guys are doing when you give to the civilian organizations that support veterans, that's huge. Um, because I don't have to go stand in line. I don't have to in process into a military medical facility and talk to a doctor who's going to, you know, who may not really connect with, with me. Uh, and then even worse, God forbid, a veteran that needs help right now that then has to get put at the back of the queue and be processed all the way up to the front. And then unfortunately ends up committing suicide or something worse happens, right? But he just needs the help right now. So that, that is what I think, you know, the, the individuals in a community, you don't even have to be a veteran, right? You can be a civilian. Uh, in fact, that, that piece is, it's refreshing, you know, because when you're deployed, you're just around people in uniform. You're in the desert. You're in the sand. It lacks color. <laughs> the food starts to get really, really bland. Uh, everything loses its taste. 
uh, and you come back and you see just, you know, the, the people that are, that want to really help you and they mean it. And you can see that. Yeah. I mean, we, we've said it before here, um, for our listeners, if you can't donate money, donate your time. Uh, we've had a host of different veterans organizations through gardeners. You can look through the past episodes of the show. Uh, you can likely look on our gardeners because backs part of our website. I mean, just even, it doesn't even have to be somebody that we've highlighted. If there's a local veterans related charity that kind of gets you jazzed up, go give your time to them. Because what, what Dom just said, I mean, there are people in crisis and there's two avenues. They've got the government VA Avenue that they can work through, but sometimes there's just, they got to work through it and they need help more, more quickly. I know building bridges, uh, Dom, that's a horse therapy local, um, save my, my sister is former 82nd airborne. Um, she was having a lot of troubles post, uh, post service. And yeah, she will tell you, I believe it saved her life. I mean, she was on a rough road and, to have that uh, horse there, it was it was equine therapy, horse therapy, working with horses and gaining their trust, and um, just was a tremendous savings for her. And that was started by a local guy uh, who lost a friend to suicide. Actually, I believe it was his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, uh, that's why he started it. So the need is great. Um, it's not that our government abandons our veterans. It's just. It's a government organization, and uh, that's good and bad. And uh, we all can fit in to fill the need uh, for veterans. So, um, so that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Dom. I think it's important for people to hear that, especially from you, not so much from me, but from folks like yourself. So we've got on the screen um, Single Seat Wisdom. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on there? You've got a series of books, actually, right? Yeah. So this picture you actually see here in the background, um, the the second deployment that I went on was um, a pretty special time for all of us that got to participate uh, for what we were working on together as a team uh, from a military standpoint. And our squadron commander at the time, he reached out to a uh, an artist and had this, um, painting, um, custom painted for us. So there's just a limited amount of them available. He obviously got the original. Um, and then what we ended up doing was, uh, leveraging this picture into one of our newest projects, um, which you've probably seen flash up on the screen here. So single seat wisdom.com is kind of a, uh, it's an offshoot and, and really the genesis of it was during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, when we were all locked down, we were on different schedules. Um, a lot of the students, a lot of the fighter pilots that were going through our training, they, uh, they were, they, that class specifically was struggled a lot um, because we do a lot of crosstalk, right? So a lot of people think that maybe we just go we just go into work and we fly fighter jets and we like high five and put on our Tom Cruise sunglasses and right off into the sunset. Right. And it's, that's not, that's not necessarily the case. I wish it was. Um, but you go in and you, you know, you put a lot of time and effort into, uh, training these students specifically at the schoolhouse that I work at. And these students weren't getting what they needed. There was a lot of missing things that these students needed that other classes had gotten. and. 
And what I, what we did was we started this company called um, Single Seat Mindset, and it's basically the the, the single seat. Uh, oh, that that video that you're seeing there is me taking off on on my second deployment there. Uh, but the the idea was to generate a digital platform that these peak performers, these fighter pilots, right? They can they can use where we can start sharing information digitally, right? Because a lot of, a lot of, not my era is new to, you know, smartphones and all that stuff. And I can use all that, but especially now, a lot of these students going through, all they know are cell phones and smartphones and digital technology. So we started this company that is for profit, but we give all of the, the proceeds to charity. And this book that you're seeing up there, so Single Seat uh, Wisdom, as you can see, the print copy, you know, it's about 200 pages. Um, but what we did on this one was uh, my friend, Mike Capuzzi, he gave me this idea that inevitably led to a ton of work, um, but it was worth it. <laughs> Mike's good um, about that. Mike's our friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's like, hey, Dom, how many Piter pilots do you know? So I sat down and just stream of consciousness, I, I was able to come up with 187 fighter pilots, just writing names down. So that's one of the benefits of working in a schoolhouse is that we just get, uh, you know, it's like a donut factory, right? Like the donuts just keep going through. They never stop. And so I, I reached out to all these guys and I got 20 people or 19 cause I ended up writing a chapter, but there's 20 chapters each individually written by, you know, all these fighter pilots. So in order to be, uh, an author in this book, you have, you have to be a fighter pilot. Um, the single seat series is because we fly single seat fighter jets. And this one was called single seat wisdom because it's just a compilation of, you know, 20 different fighter pilots and their take on the world. So I'm just looking in the table of contents here. So one of them is by uh, drew Apollo Taylor. He has his own um, Christian ministry um, and his is on cross check, right? Cause fighter pilots need the right cross check, you know, to stay alive and, and do all that. Um, there's other ones like fighter pilot fatherhood. Um, there's one written by, um, uh, it's called perspective. It's from a dude who, uh, his wife, uh, went through cancer and I'm not going to spoil the, the punchline. So you have to buy and read the book in order to figure out what happened there. Um, so there's just really some, Oh, uh, just be a good dude was written by, uh, my friend Siren Ballsizer. And it's a chapter about, uh, my friend Cajun Del Bangno, who, uh, ended up dying uh, in an F-16. He was the Air Force Thunderbird pilot. And he was one of the, the like, if you wanted a the quintessential American fighter pilot, Cajun was that dude. So his, his um, he's got a little two-page fold in here. It's called Cajun's Aviation Dream. Um, but his ministry, if you want to call it that, or foundation, um, is to help kids that were just like me that really wanted to fly. So, you know, even though he's not with us here, we got a story in the book, um, and you know, his, his memories live on there. So, uh, singleseatwisdom.com is where you can get this book. Um, it's available now. We're kind of hitting the, the gas pedal on veterans day. Uh, Mike Capuzzi surprised me with a, Hey, what do you think about doing this on veterans day versus January 1st? And I was like, 50 days early. So, uh, <laughs> but not super excited. It's veterans day. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, yeah. you know, I think, I think we should, we should put the pedal to the metal and make it happen. So, 
yeah, just to, to recap, single seat wisdom, it's 20 fighter pilot stories, um, all, all packaged neatly inside this book. We have a Kindle version available. It's on sale. Um, the day all the way up until the day prior to Thanksgiving. So you can get it for less than six bucks. It is on prime. We ask that you use the website just so we can kind of track how that all works. And then you had asked about our other, uh, books. So it started with single seat investor, which is for my, uh, apartment investing company. And then the other books we have here is, uh, I'd be lying to, you You know, I think there's this, there is an idea that it goes a lot like this, you know, fighter pilots are cocky and they're arrogant. And, um, I've definitely been that guy at times in my career. Um, and I think, you know, that the single seat mindset, if I was to sum it up, what does that mean? It means that the guys that do the best that are the most humble, uh, are the ones that learned that they didn't get where they are, uh, without other people helping them. So even though we fly in a single seat jet, um, you know, it's very important to, to thank people like you guys for having me on your show. Uh, Mike Capuzzi for giving me crazy ideas that generate years of work. Um, you know, uh, and all of the people that have literally given me thousands of second, second chances. Um, yeah. And, and just to, for our listeners to tie it back, because you've said a couple of times you're based in Arizona, which you are. Uh, Mike Capuzzi, who you've, you've mentioned now a couple of times as well, friend of Ben and I's, he's our marketing mentor, your marketing mentor, I think I could safely say. Mike is our customer and he's not a Lancaster County native, but he's the next county over in Chester County. So that's kind of the uh, the tie back. And when, when I got word from Mike, Mike and I were at my campsite hanging out a week or two ago. Uh, he said, Hey, Dom's doing this for veterans day. Um, I said, let's see if we can have you on the show as a little, a little added, uh, expansion of our veterans day episode and uh, veterans day is Thursday. I know that, but you know, well, veterans day will be passed by the time we record the next one. <laughs> so here we are. So, um, um, I do have a question about the book. The book is written for Air Force pilots, but anybody can can read this. It's it's written by. So that's kind by. of a misnomer. Yeah. It's written by Air Force. Let me think about this. No, there's. It's written by American fighter pilots. So we have, you know, there's a there's some Marine fighter pilots in there. There's you know there's different walks of life. But in order to be an author. And here is the marketing piece that was tough. I was asking very busy individuals that are fighter pilots to do work. Hey, can you write write a story that we're going to publish and then also pay me money for it <laughs> because we're going to give that money to this uh, foundation because we're trying to raise $100,000. So all the authors that are in this book have actually paid to be a part of the project. All of the featured businesses have paid to be part of the project and all of that money went to the Anna Schindler Foundation who are supporting for this. The book though, is the readability of it. It can be read by anybody. Um, our, our company specifically tries to help peak performers that are looking to define their purpose in life. So it's, you know, I'm a purpose driven individual. I'm an, I have an action-based mindset and I want short, punchy, helpful, impactful stories that this book has, right? So if you've got you're like, ah, I don't want to read another book. Well, you can sit down and in 15 minutes or less, read 10 pages of this book, get a super helpful, uh, punchy short story that's 
from a fighter pilot that's just a different spin on life. So business owners, entrepreneurs, I mean, I, I own, I own another business, right. That, that we, we buy and, and hold, uh, apartments, multifamily, um, communities. So, uh, I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I've written a book before I'm a pilot. Like it, we have a bunch of different, uh, walks of life and it's really good for anybody. I mean, you could, you could read it to your kids. It's PG, right? So there's some, there's some stories in there that are kind of, you know, um, specifically in chapter four, um, pretty, I had a hard time reading it one. Cause I know the guy really well, but it's a really sad story. So, um, but he puts his spin on it at the end and it's super helpful, right? Which is what the book is about. It's, it's not just to create a bunch of emotions for you. It's to go, Hey, this happened, right? Some bad stuff can happen or good stuff. And then do this with it and put it into action, which is, that's kind of the the target for it. I got you. Yep. That's, that's, that's clear. Yeah. Yeah. So the book's for everybody written by uh, American fighter pilots and you're raising money. You said you're raising money for the, for a foundation and we have it here on the screen. Tell us why the Anna Schindler foundation is important to you. Why'd you pick that? Why did you pick that charity? Yeah. So the Anna Schindler foundation, um, is was started by my aunt and uncle. Um, their daughter, uh, was pulling nails while they were reciting their house and, the screwdriver or the, uh, the pliers hit her in the side of the abdomen and they took her to the hospital and they ended up being there 24 seven for the next two years. And she, um, essentially she died from liver cancer at like a day after she turned seven. Yep. So Anna Schindler foundation.org, I believe is the, the, uh, the webpage there. But so Anna, um, was, it was crazy how mature somebody could be that was going through that right at five, six, seven years old, the, the, the wisdom that she had while she was going through that was crazy. So we obviously have a very personal connection with, you know, Joe and Polly Schindler, Schindler, their, her parents, they build homes kind of like the Ronald McDonald uh, style um, foundation where, where families in Spokane, uh, Washington, when children go to the hospital for cancer treatments, they, their money essentially funds these, properties where families get to stay, uh, in a very, uh, specific environment that is tailored and built by people that went through all of that themselves that didn't have that. Right. I mean, Joe and Polly were on 12 hours on and off shifts for two years, um, with their daughter, right in the hospital. And so these families get a place to go that, you know, they can all live in it's tailored to their needs. Um, and it's funded by, uh, everybody, uh, that, you know, that supports them there. So that's where, that's where this money's going. They're trying to pay off one of their properties and they're starting, they've broken ground on the next one. Um, and we actually named our daughter, Anna, after our Mm -hmm. cousin, Anna. So there's, there's, um, there's the family connection and then just seeing, you know, I think they've been in, they've been doing what they've been doing for 10 or 11, 12 years now. And just to see how far they've come, um, my initial reaction was, was, well, what if I just use business to build apartments up there that families can use? And I shied away from that because I'm like, I don't want to get in there chilly with, with what they have going on. So we started this business to serve because like I'm in the, the military, right? So service uh, to serve peak performers, fighter pilots, but then the money we're more or less a conduit where we just channel the money to their, their foundation. And that's foundation, worked yeah. out a lot better. Yeah. 
Well, that is very, very cool. I, you know, I, I stayed in a Ronald McDonald house. My aunt, when I was younger, she died of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, I believe I said it was Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. Um, when she was 17. Um, and I've, I've saw what staying in that kind of an environment can do, what it did for my grandparents, my, uh, my parents. It was such a pressure relief. It was such a, such a unique environment. Um, I, I distinctly remember it being different than just hanging out bedside in the hospital. Um, really gave them the energy to persevere in just what was a terrible time. Yeah. So that's very neat. Very neat of your family to be doing this. Uh, very appreciated, even though it's not local. There's there's kind of a local friend connection here. We were happy to have you yeah. on the show. Uh, we're going to donate to it. That was I was kind of passing notes as you were talking. Um, we always kind of earmark uh, money for Veterans Day. We, we, we did do our Veterans Day, or we used to do our Veterans Day pillow events. But in light of COVID, we just didn't feel gathering 30, 40, 50 veterans at a shot. Um, in the store at a time was the most uh, responsible thing to do. So we continue to talk about veteran charities and veteran supports, have veterans on. Um, so we continue to do that, but we're going to donate to, to your charity um, as well. So cool. we'll, Thank uh, you. we'll send you a check here uh, for $500 wow. to, to the Anna Schindler Foundation. All right. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate that. And I, I'm sure they will too. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And, and listen, I hope everybody listening goes and gets the book, Single Seat Mindset. You can get that at singleseatmindset.com. Please get it there. I know it's, well, I know it's super well, one easy. Second. It's yeah. single, sorry, singleseatwisdom.com. You're right. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Uh, singleseatwisdom.com. Uh, as Dom said, um, get it through there, please. I know it's super easy to get it on Amazon, but, uh, you know, Dom doesn't, uh, it's harder for them to align their efforts, uh, measure their efforts when you buy it through Amazon. Um, so go through single seat wisdom. Uh, there's a sale price on there now. And again, all, all of the proceeds, is that right, Dom? All yes. of the proceeds go to the Anna Schindler foundation. Yes. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, happy veterans day to you. I know for some, it's not always happy, but uh, we're happy you're here. We're happy for your efforts. And, uh, I hope this was good for you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, gents. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll say bye to Dom. We've got some store happenings going on. Um, so we've still got uh, some discontinued mattresses to sell. A couple little, stacks. A little surprised by that. We got rid of a bunch. We Just got rid of a, a bunch. few left over, you know. We've got a few. So, um, so we've got some pictures. There you go. Chris is right on cue. It's always good. Producer Chris is awesome. If, if you're listening to this and you're talking to friends or family, by the way, and they're talking about doing a podcast, uh, hit us up and, and or just better yet, hit up Cast Ahead Productions and uh, you will not be sorry. Chris Stone is a fantastic partner here putting on the show for us. But um, yeah, so we've got not all of those. There's some of those left. Still 50% off our everyday low prices. Um so we've got those. We got what's coming up, Ben? Black Friday, which is not, you know, people think of electronics and, you know, other things for Black Friday, but uh, some of our vendors have promotions. Um, 
here at Gardeners, we have our double deals, um, everyday, of course, low pricing and, and deals that work around uh, your specific mattress needs. Uh, you can get more. Your needs. Your needs. More information Sorry. about uh, what we've got going on for Black Friday at our website, gardenersmattressandmore.com slash sales. You really, uh, you really humbly presented that. The Black Friday promotions start this week. They do. And you can go to gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sales to get more of that. <laughs> I tend to be more wordy. I don't know. Sure. Ben's got his leaf blower to make him happy. For me, it's <laughs> confetti pops on the screen. There's like some TikTok video that's popular where people do the confetti tube at each other. They like surprise, like you're, you're, you're in the kitchen, your wife walks around the corner, you pop the confetti tube at her. What's a TikTok? Yeah. It's that it's kind of like watching TV in black and white for some people. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So that so Black Friday promotions start later this week. Our our website, gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sales is always the best place to go. Um I think we're nearing the end here. We're gonna pick our prize winner here soon. I'm gonna let we're gonna we're we're kind of working without a net. So I'm gonna cue that up in Chris's ear as I kind of turn the corner to take this home. Well, why don't you I've talked talked a lot. I've talk, talk, talked a lot today. Why don't you say uh, this line? You do that part. The guesty part? The guesty part. So if you'd like to be part of the shenanigans and the uh, Lancaster changing uh, part of Lancaster Connects, um, Lancaster Connects got lancasterconnects.com slash guest. You can be a guest. Uh, tell us why you'd like to be a guest. Enter all your information there. Uh, again, small businesses uh, that are making a difference in Lancaster County um, that are also out um, or, you know, beating Amazon uh, the, and, and uh, online uh, influence of, of shopping. And of course, charities, nonprofits, uh, local organizations making a difference again in Lancaster County. We'd like to tell your story or like to have you on Lancaster Connects to tell your story uh, to our listeners. So LancasterConnects.com slash guest and fill out the form. That's right. Did I do all right? It did good. It was only a couple <laughs> words. Like you said, you're wordy, but you did good. All right, thanks. It's good. Again, you can find the show. Uh, when we go live, we broadcast it. Oh, thank you, Amy. Yeah. Um, we broadcast it on YouTube, on the Gardener's channel, on Lancaster's channel, respectively, also on mine. Uh, on Facebook, it goes out on both of the same channels of the same, Lancaster Connects, and on the Gardener's channel on Facebook and both of our personal pages as well. Uh, all prior episodes, there's there's producer Chris coming in just like a pro. All prior episodes are LancasterConnects.com forward slash episodes. So, you know, like Squid Game's a thing. <laughs> But Lancaster, Lancaster Connect. Oh, seriously? <laughs> Lancaster Connects is a thing too. It's like Squid Game is like the hottest Netflix show. I, I haven't watched it yet, but I hear it's a thing. I've heard about it. I don't know anything yeah. about it. Though. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, you know, we're kind of a big deal. And I got you. You know, Squid Game, Lancaster Connects. TikTok. That's the way it should happen in your home. Just saying. And look, because we're on YouTube. You can even YouTube your app up, speak into your remote, Lancaster Connects, like most remotes can do nowadays. I did that the other day. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I there you go. So it's all the same function, people. It's all the same thing. We're really cool. <laughs> Chris, is this the question you're going to do this to us? Is that, is that it? Or I thought we were just going <laughs> to randomize the comments and pick a winner. 
So there's there's Chris doing his thing. Oh, 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 oh look, look at this. this. I'm impressed. Yes. Wow. This, this is taking a long time. This is like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know who that is. Rizomic. Rizomic is there we go. our winner. Yes, on YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you'll, you'll reach out to us. We'll reach out to you, I yep. guess. And um, you have won your choice of a $25 gift card here from our wonderful uh, Bolo gift cards. Bolo gift cards, yeah. And we'll get that out to you. All right? So... This is a, it, was, it was a double dose for better. Double dose. I'm worn out. Yeah, I'm worn out too. <laughs> um, so seriously, if you want to be on the show, uh, congrats to Rizomic. Uh, I think we're saying that right. You won the gift card for this week. We'll do more fun prizes, uh, gift cards as we go along. I like this a- added aspect of the show. But um, but yeah, if you want to be on the show, LancasterConnects.com forward slash guest. Love to have you on. We're really trying to focus the rest of the year, um, November, well, it's November, yep. the rest of November and December, my goodness, um, on giving back. So if there's some great charities doing things for folks uh, to fight hunger, solve some food scarcity here at the holidays, um, there we go. We said it right. Rizomic, awesome. I think I just uh, said Thanks it right. for watching and listening the whole way through. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, that's great. Appreciate see, it. See, we're right up there with Squid Game. Yeah, we, uh, we're right there. It's going to come out next year. <laughs> Lancaster Connects, number one thing on your TV. <laughs> um, but if you know a charity that is giving back, uh, doing good right here in Lancaster, please uh, have them connect with us. Connect You connect them to us. We'd love to have them on the show. This is why we do the show, to give back, support the community that supports our business. It's very important to us. And I just love when we get to kind of highlight unique things, different things, and, and great people doing good here in Lancaster. So without too much further ado, I think we got all the stuff on the on the show notes done. I think that's the show. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you, veteran. Uh, your uh, your freedom that you enjoy today uh, really exists because of what our uh, veteran service members have done for us in the past and will continue to do for us in the future. Yep, all right. Point. Thanks, everybody. That's the show, Lancaster Connects. Take care. Thank you.